Hello, everybody. This is Kevin Stevenson, and you're listening to I Don't Care. We're uh, excited today about uh, our guest. We have Michelle Stoddard, who is the Regional Vice President for Mid-Markets in Texas for the American Heart Association. And Michelle and I are going to be talking about just basically what the American Heart Association is all about. We're going to talk a little bit about their research and some of the successes around that and talk about you know their fundraising efforts and uh, in and around things like Go Red for Women, uh, Jump Rope for Heart, and the Heart Walk. And we'll also be talking specifically about the Heart Walk right here in Waco, Texas. And so when we come back, uh, we'll be speaking with Michelle Stoddard on I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. And we're back with I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson, and tonight's guest is Michelle Stoddard from the American Heart Association. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Kevin. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you on. And uh, Michelle, tell my listeners a little bit about, uh, you know, what's your title? What do you do at the Heart Association? And then talk a little bit about the the mission of, of the Heart Association. I'd be happy to. So I am the Regional Vice President for the American Heart Association, and I have the privilege and pleasure to work with staff throughout the state of Texas, bringing the mission of the Heart Association to our communities. Okay, now, great. Now, now, how, how long have you been with Heart Association and what made, you, uh, what made you join them? So I've been with the American Heart Association for four years. This is actually my 20th year in nonprofit though. I've oh, congrats. With, thank you. I've worked with a couple of different organizations, but what brought me to the American Heart Association was the mission. I have a very dear friend whose son had open heart surgery at two days old. Oh, and wow. that struck me that without the research and the advances that were made because of the American Heart Association, uh, he wouldn't be a happy, healthy 17-year-old now. And you know, that, uh, that's what brought me to the organization is the, the strong mission and um, just to give you some background about the organization, so we are actually the nation's oldest and largest voluntary organization dedicated to fighting heart disease and stroke. And we were actually founded by six cardiologists in 1924. Um, since that time, we now have an organization that includes more than 40 million volunteers and supporters. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I had recently- no idea. <laughs> Our recently, our mission statement changed a little bit, uh, and the wording is very important. That is to be a relentless force for a world of longer, healthier lives. And you know, we're very careful how we choose our words at the American Heart Association. And I actually looked up "relentless." It was that unstoppable, unmoving force to to make everyone's lives better. Um, most folks don't realize that heart disease is the number one killer of Americans. It is the number one killer of women, more than all cancers combined. And, and stroke is number five. And so we are, uh, there's a lot of work for us to do in the community. And we accomplished our mission a couple different ways. I hope you don't mind me sharing. Oh, please, please. So we accomplished our mission by making discoveries. So that has to do with our research program, educating people and changing communities. So one example of that would be, uh, we worked with the legislature to make CPR training mandatory for all high school seniors. 
So before they can graduate, they have to know that life-saving skill of CPR. And see, that's fascinating. I had no idea how long how long has that uh, occurred. That's in the state of Texas. It's been about four years now. Okay. Um, and it's, it's spread across the country, so we, um, there's very few states that don't require that now. Um, but that's that whole new generation of lifesavers that are coming out from our high schools. Um, one uh, important message that we've been trying to share with the public right now is um, our Don't Die of Doubt campaign. And what that is is although we're seeing um, in hospitals fewer heart attack and stroke patients, that doesn't mean that those events are on the decline. What it actually means is that people are not calling 911. They are delaying or avoiding critical care because they're afraid that to go to the hospital. And uh, you know, that's a dangerous, deadly activity. And so by calling 911 at the first sign of that heart attack or stroke, they could save their lives or their loved ones. And you know, you know that our hospitals are equipped and the, the most qualified place to take care of someone who's having a cardiac or stroke emergency. No, that's exactly right. And, and I know, you know, a lot of people just, they're in denial uh, if they have any sort of, of signs of, of a heart attack or a stroke and they think, oh, you know, it's indigestion or whatever. But particularly, you know, in, in today's environment with COVID, uh, so many people are, are delaying that care because for some reason or another, they think that it's just not safe to come to a hospital for care, which is absolutely not true. I, I, you know, I know at my hospital, we, uh, we take extensive precautions uh, to, to protect our patients and, and their, their visitors, as well as our, as our associates. And so uh, really and truly, a hospital is one of the safer places that you can be uh, in today's COVID world, which, uh, which uh, we do a lot, we spend a lot of time uh, communicating that message as well to our community. So, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier, Michelle, you, you talked about stroke. And of course, you're, you know, the name everybody knows you for is the American Heart Association, but you also are very involved in, in stroke, uh, stroke research and stroke care. Absolutely. We're, we're actually, at one point, we were the Heart, American Heart and Stroke Association. We've just kind of pulled it all together. But yes, um, we spend a lot of time uh, and energy in helping people recognize the signs of a stroke, helping individuals to um, get that care quickly, uh, learn how to prevent and reduce their risk of stroke. And as you mentioned, um, investing research dollars into um, innovative ways to treat and to detect stroke. Okay. Hey, can you talk about some of the research efforts specifically? Let's say, you know, if you've got an example of maybe two, one around specifically around uh, oh, uh, heart attacks, heart disease, and then something around stroke. I know my listeners would be interested in that. Absolutely. So, you know, our, our volunteer experts actually select the scientific research that is most worthy of funding. And we have great results from that. Um, thanks to our donors, um, since we've started, we've been able to invest $4 billion, B, with a B, in research. Uh, and that makes us the largest uh, organization that funds research outside of the federal government. Uh, and we've funded 13 Nobel Prize winners and many 
you know, life-saving advances. I always like to say, if you know somebody who has um, had an artificial heart valve or a stent, um, someone who takes uh, cholesterol-lowering drugs, someone who's um, tried to quit smoking, uh, has had a heart transplant, or anybody who's learned CPR, then you know someone in our community has benefited from research funded by the American Heart Association. Hmm, that's interesting. And I never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. It, sometimes when we talk about research, it, it tends to be kind of this nebulous concept uh, for people. Yeah, somebody we, locked up in a lab just trying, you know, <laughs> mixing chemicals or whatever. Right, That's exactly right. I know, I know someone's doing the research, but what does that actually mean? Right, well, right. The, the people in your com- our community that we're seeing that benefit from it, we're seeing them every day. And, and in your hospital, you're absolutely seeing them every day. Yeah, um, very true. One thing. One thing um, along the lines of our research program that I think is very special is that in March, when we had COVID uh, came on the scene, we were able to fast track $2.5 million in research projects dedicated to COVID-19. Interesting. Have you had any results yet or any preliminary results that that you might be able to share or or is it still uh, too soon? I think it's still too soon, uh, but we were able to, uh, you know, put these grants in the places where the the most um, up-to-date COVID projects were happening. And so that's something that we were able to kind of pivot and be able to bring that that benefit to those researchers. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah, something that, uh, that I became aware of whenever I started dealing more directly with cardiovascular programs were the number of certifications that the American mm-hmm. Heart Association has for, for hospitals. Could you, could you talk about some of those? Yes. Quality improvement is very important to the American Heart Association because when medical professionals have the most up-to-date evidence-based treatment guidelines, then we know patient outcomes improve. And so we have a whole suite of programs that can help um, our professional partners advance faster and farther in their quest for better care. Um, And some of the examples that we have are, we have a suite of programs called Get With the Guidelines. And these guidelines- Very familiar with Get With the Guidelines. (laughs) (laughs) I bet bet you are. Uh, so get with the guidelines hits many different topics we have one for stroke we have heart failure resuscitation um, we have a um, target heart uh, heart failure and a target stroke and that has to do with um, you know how uh, we prevent readmission rates um, we also have you know mission lifeline that has to do with um, STEMI and you know other cardiac arrest rest incidents so there's, there's a lot of opportunity for us to work with our hospital partners. Um, we also, since the advent of COVID, we've also developed a new registry for hospitals and healthcare systems who are caring for COVID-19 patients. And so if any of your um, audience are healthcare professionals and they would like to learn more about our quality improvement programs, they can actually find all of the information on www.heart.org and there's a whole section for professionals and quality improvement and they'll see the all the details on these programs 
That's great. Uh, I'm sure, uh, and surprisingly, it's, it surprises me every time I have an episode. There are healthcare professionals that listen to me. I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out why. Uh, but, well, it's uh, because you've got, you're putting great information out there. Well, I do my best. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I'd like to talk to you a little bit uh, about the American Heart Association's fundraising efforts. You know, I've, I've got a long history with Heart Association. I've been involved probably oh gosh, at least 20 years or so, and, and have uh, chaired local chapters back in the day and uh, uh, just have always found a great, a great benefit of partnering with the Heart Association. And so love to hear a little bit about some of the fundraising efforts, and, and uh-huh. then you know where, where this discussion is going, so we'll get there soon <laughs> I enough. I do. I do know where it's going. <laughs> so, you know, the our fundraising efforts, obviously, you know, we need to raise those funds to move our mission forward. But what we've also looked at in the last couple of years is how do we partner with those sponsors and those participants in our community so that it's not just an event-based relationship, that it is a year-round benefit to the people that we partner with. So, um, So, for example, if we're working with a company and they decide to be part of HeartWalk, and you know they raise money and come out the day of the event but we also want to talk to them about what kind of health uh, options do your employees have that you provide or what kind of information could we be giving them to help them um, in their health journey and so it's it's building those deeper relationships is really what we're we're looking for in the community Um, well and the thing too is is everybody knows somebody with heart disease Mm mm-hmm and so That's it's happened. easy to get behind. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of our uh, fundraising initiatives that we have in the community is our Go Red for Women movement. And that's something I think that kind of goes beyond just that fundraising aspect of it because it was created about 16 years ago because, as I mentioned earlier, heart disease is the number one killer of women. But most women do not view heart disease as a serious health risk. Uh, you know, they may think of others, uh, you know, cancer and others, but not necessarily heart disease. And many of them have risk factors that they're not aware of. So, uh, and you know, women tend to focus on their families and their spouses and maybe not necessarily themselves. And so, um, you know, our Go Red for Women initiative is to help women take charge of their heart health learn those things that they need to know um, because if they're taking care of themselves then they can take care of their families exactly uh, boy I, I know every february i'm wearing my my red dress pin every day uh, okay i thought you were going to say your red dress no okay. no no that's <laughs> i don't limit that to just february no i'm kidding no. Uh, but uh, uh but it's a it's a phenomenal uh mm-hmm. event uh yeah our phenomenal fundraising opportunity uh but uh I, I've been to a few of the uh, of the Go Red for Women luncheons, and it really not only you know do I feel like you know surrounded by women, which those people that know me I don't mind that, but um, <laughs> you know it's just such a great uh, a great uh, event seeing women who who really are looking for that information, but are really celebrating themselves. And, and, and really taking care of themselves for a change. And, and you know, I encourage my wife and, and even my daughters, you know, gosh, make sure that you're getting those, those checkups on an annual basis. 
uh, and don't neglect a, a cardiac checkup. Right. Well, and know your risk factors yeah. and don't ignore the symptoms. It, it goes back a little bit to what we were talking about with COVID. If people ignore the symptoms, women are notorious for ignoring the symptoms of a heart attack um, or a stroke and, and not wanting to be a bother. And, you know, I would rather, and I'm sure the hospital staff would rather someone be a bother anytime. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a bother to then to sit at home and doubt whether they really need help. No, um, you're, you're exactly right. We, we would much rather have you come in, make sure that everything's okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so, hey, I, I got a question. My, my sister-in-law worked for Heart Association a few years mm-hmm. back and coordinated a number of Jump Rope for Heart events. Do y'all mm-hmm. still do that? We do. We do. It's actually called Kids Heart Challenge now. Oh, okay. And it's, I'm it's, showing my age. Thank you for pointing that out. Oh, no, because I was in a gym at and in fourth grade doing jump rope for heart as well. So, okay. uh, so we're we're in the same boat there. All right. Um, but we it actually changed recently because we wanted the program to encompass the whole child. So mm-hmm. not just the physical fitness aspect of it, but emotionally, spiritually, all of the things that children are facing in our schools yeah. nowadays. Um, and even with COVID, we still have been able to work with school partners to get information out to to children during this time when they're at home and and may need some uh, things to keep them moving or or suggestions for better ways to eat. Sure. And And, and to nag their parents about their their heart (laughs) health, of course. And and there's some, you know, some uh, stress reducing techniques for parents in there as well. Oh, well, I'm sure lots of people could use those now. So we're trying to help everybody, but um, also, you know, I know one of our fundraising efforts that's very dear to your heart is our Heart Walk. Um, And this, our Heart Walk, um, which has kind of become called now our Heart Challenge, because we're kind of expanding it a little bit, is it's really designed um, at its core to educate our communities on ways to improve their heart health and reduce their risk. And, um, you know, rather than quick fixes that people tend to go for, we really want people to make small systematic changes that have a long lasting impact. Uh, and so the, the heart challenge and heart walk in uh, what we call healthy for good, which is part of heart walk is really designed to get people to eat smart, um, add color to their diet, move more and do those things to help them be well, which is, um, even more important nowadays with trying to reduce stress and get sleep and, and all of those things. And so that's what HeartWalk is at its core. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a HeartWalk coming up um, on October 3rd. We do in Waco, don't we? Yes, we do. And because of COVID and because of you know the fact we're a science-based organization, we want to make sure that we're putting the health and safety of our community in the forefront. Um, It may look a little different this year. Um, We may have a a variety of activities that lead up and we may be asking folks to go and and walk on their own or join us on social media. Um, So there'll be more information to follow on that. But really what we're looking to do is to get um, as many people as we can in this country all out walking, um, guarding their heart health. So what we're really asking them to do is to sign up, lace up and say yes to their help that sounds great uh, well i know uh, uh there's lots of uh, lots of planning going into uh whatever activities we we wrap around the uh 
the Waco Heart Walk. Oh, by the way, I forgot to uh, who's your chairman this year? I forgot. <laughs> Uh, it's this really great guy that I know. Oh, really? Um, he has this radio show that oh. I'm a guest on. So. Oh, okay. Well, well, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was so excited to be asked this year to, to, uh, chair the Waco Heart Walk because, uh, we, we've got a great history here locally with community support around the Heart Walk. And so, uh, you know, I'm doing my part in, in talking to other executives here in town and trying to get them on board as well. You know, it, it, COVID has presented a lot of challenges for a lot of people, but but I think, you know, people have had such a great and, and long history with the Heart Association, and they see the benefits of the research and everything else that you've talked about, that that ask isn't quite as hard as, as some other uh, fundraising uh, activity. So, so I guess I should thank you for that. Thank you for your legacy, and thank you for your history to make my job a little bit easier. <laughs> Well, no, we are tremendously, you know, all kidding aside, we're tremendously grateful to have you as our uh, Heart Walk Chair. We could not do this without you, and we certainly could not do this without Ascension and their tremendous support of us. Well, uh, we appreciate that. I, we've been a longstanding partner and, and uh, expect to, to continue that uh, years into the future. So, so Michelle, any last words uh, for, for my listeners? I would just say, you know, to, you know, be mindful of your risks. We want everyone to say, stay safe in this time frame, and also to not be afraid to reach out if you're having a, a heart issue or a stroke issue. Um, to keep your eyes open, because we'll be sending out some information about joining us for the Heart Walk. And uh, and if you ever need any assistance in heart-related matters or stroke-related matters, just visit our website, heart.org. We have tremendous, tremendous resources there. Well, Michelle, it's been a pleasure having you on. I don't care. And uh, look forward. I, I know we're going to be talking a lot over the next couple of months. <laughs> we but will. look forward to seeing you finally in person sometime. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Thank you uh, so much. All right. Take care. So I really appreciated Michelle being on uh, I Don't Care. Uh, you know, heart disease is, is obviously very close to me. Uh uh, both my mom and my dad had it, uh, lost a couple of grandfathers to it. Uh, and everybody is, is affected in some form or fashion uh, by heart disease. And so I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you know, the Heart, heart Association, uh, you know, a lot of people don't think about them uh, when it comes to stroke, but they've done a tremendous amount of great work with stroke, uh, stroke care, stroke research as well. And so... Uh, also, you know, if you're so inclined, you look me up on, on LinkedIn or, or even on Facebook, uh, because the heart walk here in Waco is, uh, as Michelle said, on October the 3rd, it looks like it's going to be virtual now. We'd love to have it, uh, have it in person, but, uh, but we don't know what things are going to be like then. So, but we're going to have a lot of fun events wrapped around that. We're still kind of uh, talking about some of those add-ons, but, uh, uh, make sure that you take a look at that. Just you can Google Waco Heart Walk and and see some of that information. But uh, if you have any questions, as as Michelle said, go to their website heart dot org. And uh, as always, uh, I appreciate your listening. And uh, you know, it I don't care is on uh, Market Scale Radio at marketscale.com. Uh, on 9.30 on Friday mornings, that's Central Time. And then uh, pretty quickly thereafter, it's dropped to Spotify and iTunes. 
And if you have any any ideas for for uh, episodes, uh, if you'd like to be a guest, if you want to give me some constructive criticism, go to uh, I don't care at marketscale.com. Love getting your emails. And with that, uh, this is Kevin Stevenson. Have a great day, and we'll be talking next week. <music>